It's great to be with you this morning. This is our final morning in our Every Knee series. And if you recall, over the the last four weeks, what we have been attempting to do is to answer an overriding question. Why should we become generous and joyful givers to the Lord Jesus? And if you recall from the first week, there's a number of wrong answers that people often give to that question to motivate people to give. Sometimes people will say, well, give generously so God will let you into heaven or love you more. And we want to be perfectly clear, that is not at all correct. Getting into heaven and and receiving the love of God as his child, those are absolutely free gifts that Jesus already earned for you. Jesus went to the cross and he, he died for your sins and then he rose from the dead. And in doing that, he paid the complete cost of heaven for you. There's never going to be any money you have to pay to get heaven or to get the love of God. It's an absolutely free gift. All you have to do is say, yes, I want that, Lord Jesus. I trust in you. So don't give because you think it's going to get you heaven or the love of God. Don't give because you think God will then reward you with more money in this life. There's no promise of that. God did not promise health or wealth to those who give to him. Not in, not in this life. Another reason that's often given that's incorrect. Well, give to God because God needs your money. No, he doesn't. He's God. He made all things. He's sovereign over all things. He needs nothing from us. So with all of that true, what are the accurate reasons then? Why should we become generous and joyful givers to Jesus? Well, I've been walking you through four accurate reasons why. The first is because giving is worship and God is worthy of worship. And you might recall that when we actually sacrifice something to give it to God or to to what God loves, that is an act of worship that is every bit as important, actually probably even more profound than singing. That is the heart of worship when you give something to God because you are proclaiming to the world how worthy he is. And when you think about everything in this world, all the good things, all the great things like family and relationships and career and education, none of those things are as worthy as Jesus. He is the greatest thing of all because he's our creator and our savior. He literally gave his life so we could have Life. And so we give to worship to show the world that Jesus is worthy. That's the first reason. Second reason, we give because that's how we get to invest in eternity. You don't get to take any of your money with you when you die, but you can send it ahead. Anything that you give to God and to what God loves, you are sending ahead. Jesus himself said, when you give to God and to what God loves, you are storing up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And so in a sense, when we give sacrificially to God, it is less a sacrifice and more an investment. Okay, we're giving up what we could have in this life for gain in the next life. Remember the words of Jim Elliott, the famous missionary. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. We give to Jesus because we believe that is storing up treasure in heaven. Third reason that we give generously and joyfully to Jesus is because we are rich and rich people should be generous. And you may not feel rich, but remember when we defined it biblically, being rich means you have more money than you need today for food and clothing and shelter. So if you have any extra money after buying food and clothing and shelter, biblically speaking, you are rich. 
And with that great blessing that God has given us, all of these riches, we may not feel rich, but we are, with that blessing comes great responsibility. But when you think about why here in America are so many of us so wealthy compared to the rest of the world, well, why does God bless you financially? Well, so that you can be a blessing to others. That's the point of riches. God blesses you so you can turn around and bless someone else. That's how it works. Fourth and final reason we saw last week, giving is how we break our idols. We live in a world full of idols, especially wealth idols. We are tempted to worship wealth and the things it can buy us. That idolatry is really sticky. It's hard to get rid of that idolatry of money and wealth, but God has given us a way. How do you crush that idolatry of money and possessions and wealth and in your life? Well, you, you give. When you take your wealth and you give it, especially to those in need and to God's purposes, you actually are crushing that, that idol in your life. You are lessening its hold upon your heart. So these are biblical reasons to give generously and joyfully to Jesus. And my hope is that as you've walked with us through these passages over the last few weeks, you have grown in your desire to be generous. That's, that's my hope, is that you want to dedicate all you are and all you have to Jesus and, and to helping others find and follow him. However, once you decide that you want to be generous, how do you actually grow in generosity? Because it's hard. Generosity is hard. I mean, there's, there's so many temptations in this life and there's so many responsibilities in this life that cling to us and, and make it hard for us to be generous with our resources. So how do we overcome those temptations and give generously to Jesus? Well, I'm going to give you three very practical steps today. That's my goal. Three very practical steps to help you grow in your generosity over the course of your life. Okay, so that's where we're headed. How do we grow our generosity? Well, the, the first very practical step to grow as a generous person is to learn to give consistently. Learn to give consistently or regularly. My wife is, a, is now a Pio instructor. So Pio, you may not have heard of that. It's Pilates plus yoga on steroids. It's really hard. And, and when Julie was training for this, like she'd show me what she was doing. I was like, there's no way I can ever do that. But I want to be a supportive husband. And so I said, sweetie, if, if you like complete all this and you get a class, like I'll come. And I'll be honest with you, there was like a shameful part of me that didn't want her to ever get a class because I was really scared of showing up because like these classes are mostly women and these classes require like a ton of high energy and balance and flexibility and I've got none of that. And so, um, but I, I want to be a man of my word and, and so I went when she got her class five weeks ago and exactly as you expected, I fell all the time. Like just boom, just fell. It was really hard. But I knew that it was good for me. Like I could feel like, wow, this is like the best workout I've, I've ever had. So I should go back. So I went back the next week and then the next week. And on Friday, just a few days ago, I, I had workout number five. And guess how many times I fell? None. Actually, one. Okay, just one so far. But, <laughs> but it's like way better than the first week. I've gotten much better. Why? Because I've done it regularly. When you do something consistently, you get better at it. It grows into a habit in your life so that it becomes easier to do and you can do it better and better over time. And that's how God wants us to approach generosity. And so here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 16. 
With regard to the collection for the saints, they were collecting money as a church to give to those in need. Please follow the directions that I gave to the churches of Galatia. On the first day of every week, each of you should set aside some income and save it to the extent that God has blessed you. And and the point that we want to see there is this idea that that it's not just like once a year, boom, I'm going to give everything on the table. It's, It's every week. You're, you're learning to give as a consistent part of your life so that, again, it becomes a habit. It becomes a routine that's, that's natural. It's just part of, of how you live and how you think. And so, especially if you're a college student or a recent graduate, you may be thinking, I, I don't have much to give. That's okay. You realize it's actually fine to just give $5 a month to something, to a missionary, to charity, to a church. Give a little bit, but if you do it on a regular basis, then over the course of the rest of your life, it will become a habit, and you'll find that generosity will become easier and easier and easier over time. Okay, So anything that you want to become part of your life, you just need to do it regularly, just like working out. It becomes easier if you will do it regularly. So become a consistent giver, and you will become a more generous person. Second practical step for you guys, give freely. When you give to the church or to charity or to missions, give freely, not out of compulsion or guilt. So here's how Paul puts it, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each one of you should give just as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, because God loves a cheerful giver. That verse is is really profound. So when we give to to God, when we give to charity, when we give to the church, we're not to give out of obligation. We're not to give out of guilt because we feel like we have to. We're to give what we've decided in our heart. And and I mentioned in, in previous weeks, heart in the Bible, it means your desires. The point is God wants you to give what you want to give. He, he wants there to be desire motivating it, not compulsion. Not guilt, but that there's this desire within you that expresses itself through giving. If you're giving out of desire, then the result will be joy. When you hand over that money to someone in need or to God, you're going to be joyful in doing it. That's what God wants. And that is why at no part in this series have we talked about the tithe. I've not mentioned the word tithe this morning because the tithe was a law for the Old Testament. It was for Israel. It said that they needed to give 10% of their income to the temple. That law is not repeated in the church age. Why? Because in the church age, we live under grace, not under law. Okay, we, we live in the age of freedom. We live in the age where, where the Holy Spirit works within us and stirs up desires to do the right thing. We give out of a, of a heart attitude, not out of a law. And, and here's why that's important. Because when you make someone do something out of a law, then the result is going to be joy is stifled and you end up with either pride or guilt. So if you kept the law pride. If you didn't keep the law, guilt. Well, God doesn't want either pride or guilt invading our generosity. And so he gives us no law about how much to give. He just says, give whatever you want. Give joyfully. And so for some of you, that's going to be less than 10%. 
For some of you, that's going to be more than 10%. It may even be much more than 10%. But you are to give out of desire, out of what you want to contribute to the work that God is doing. And that's why we spent four out of five weeks of this series telling you why it's worth being generous and joyful in your giving. We don't want to give you a law. All we want to give you is the facts. This is why giving to God is worthwhile. Do as God leads you with that information. So when you give to God, there's not some law you're trying to live up to, not some percentage you have to measure up to. You don't need to compare yourself to anyone else. You just need to pray, God, please stir my heart. Please lead me to what you want me to give to you. Okay, So that's how giving works. You give freely. You give out of joy, because it's a privilege to get to participate in what God is doing in the universe. You get to do that when you give money. You're not trying to live up to a law. Okay, So we give freely. We give out of joy, not out of guilt or out of compulsion. Third and final practical step to guide our generosity. Give wisely. In Romans chapter 16, it says, For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you, But I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. Wise or or wisdom, it, it means skillful living. A wise person is not just a smart person. A wise person is a person who makes good decisions. And so what does wisdom look like when it's applied to the area of giving? Well, when we think about financial wisdom, what we're talking about is you're looking out for good ROI. Return on investment. Now, for those who lead businesses, they're thinking about return on investment with every dollar they spend. They want to invest their money in in business activities that return to them the greatest possible profit. They want the most profit for every dollar spent. Did you know God actually wants you to use that same logic when you think about your giving? Now, clearly, not for earthly ROI. Because you're not promised any wealth, any profit in this life. No, he wants you to think about heavenly ROI. Heavenly return on investment. What you do with your money in this life, think about what impact it will have on eternity. Give to those things that make the biggest eternal impact. Think about outcomes. So this is something that I do with with our giving. I want to think about outcomes, not just something that sounds good on paper, but when you actually look at what it accomplishes, you say, that is having a massive impact on people's lives forever. That's what I want to give to, that which makes the biggest impact on people forever. So particularly things that help people find and follow Jesus. Okay, so we're giving to things that have high heavenly ROI, return on investment. That's what should guide us. And so when we look biblically, what things might we give to that have high ROI? There's two things in particular that when you give to in this life will have a high heavenly return on investment. The first is give to those in need. You give to those in need. James, end of chapter 1, tells us in no uncertain terms, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. When he talks about visiting widows and orphans in the ancient world, widows and orphans were the poorest of the poor because they were vulnerable. They they had no resources. They had no one to defend them. They, They had no possible income. They were desperate. And so James challenges us to visit them. And when he says visit, he doesn't mean just like go say hi. He means care for them. 
watch out for them, give to them, help them get a leg up so they'll be self-sufficient, so they'll be okay. And so James is telling us as Christians, we are morally obligated to give financially to those in need, to care for the least of these, the most vulnerable people out there. We're to give them our time, we're to give them our, our money, we're to watch out for them because that's the essence of Christianity. So we give to those in need, that includes giving to those who are family. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, it says, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. It's pretty serious stuff. Paul's challenging us here to, to give financially to those in need, both in our biological and spiritual family. Okay, we're kind of part of two households, our biological family and our spiritual family. And, and he's saying when you see a, a, a literal brother or sister, parent, grandparent, relative in need, or spiritually, one of your brothers and sisters in Christ in need, you're, you're obligated to help them, to care for them, to lift them up. Actually, in James chapter 2, James tells us if a brother or sister in Christ knocks on your door and they don't have food and you give them nothing, you have sinned and will be judged. It's really serious. We're morally obligated to give to one another when we are in need. So wise giving includes, number one, giving to those in need. Now, I do want you to know there is a way to give to people who are in need that is helpful and a way that is not. And it takes great skill. Giving to those in need in a way that's helpful, it's, it's going to honor their dignity, and it's going to help them move towards self-sufficiency. Giving towards people in need that is not wise, that is not helpful, it dishonors them, and it, and it fosters dependency. It's really tricky to give to those in need in a way that is wise. That's why here at Grace and in the community of Bryan College Station, we have a lot of experts who would love to help you use the money you give to charity in a really wise way. So actually, you can talk to any of us on staff. We'll help you, and we'll also point you to some staff members who are really, really good at this. And then also, you can talk to some of the great, great charities that are here in town. Just to mention a few that we work with, Habitat for Humanity, SOS Ministries, The Bridge, Aguiland Pregnancy Outreach, Hope Pregnancy Center, and many more. You go talk to them and talk about how to, how to make the money you spend in charity make the most good for the longest term in someone's life. That's wise giving. Okay, so when we think about how to use our money wisely, God wants us to, to give wisely to those in need. Second, he wants us to give wisely to make disciples. Jesus says in the Great Commission... Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. That's actually Jesus' like, one and only marching orders for you. While Jesus is gone, that is the one mission of the church. For every church, Grace Bible Church and every other church, our one big purpose here on earth until Jesus returns is to go make disciples. To go help people find and follow Jesus. And so you are wise when you give financially to to making disciples, to helping other people find and follow Jesus. So how can you do that? What's the best way to give your money to helping people find and follow Jesus? I'm going to give you two possibilities, two great options. Really, you ought to do both of these. They're both good. Number one, give to a missionary that you know and trust. That's really powerful. When you already have a relationship with someone who is taking the gospel to people who don't yet know it, support them financially. Pray for them. If you would like to support a missionary but you don't know any, we've got a bunch. 
We would love to introduce you to some of the incredible missionaries Grace Bible Church has sent out so that you can get to know them and join their prayer and support team. Talk to any of us on staff and we will introduce you to to maybe a missionary who is reaching a country or a people group that you deeply care about. You have some connection to that group of people. We would love to connect you so you can directly support a missionary. Second way that you give your money to make disciples is you give to your local church. You give to the place where you are fed. Paul says in Galatians 6, Now the one who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with the one who teaches it. Now I want to be really, really clear here. I am not asking you to give me any money. None of what you give goes directly to me. Don't come hand me something. What is Paul saying in this verse? He's giving us the principle. Whatever church is discipling you, is where some of your money should go. For Julie and I, we are fed here at Grace Bible Church. I'm a member, just like you. This is where I am discipled. This is where I am mentored. And so this is a church that we give to. That's the principle. You give where you are discipled. So some of you are visiting this morning. This is not your home church. We don't want you to give to this church. We want to get you to give to your home church, where you are discipled. But for those of you who who do call Grace Bible Church home, we do want you to give here. Again, not so that you're giving money to me, but so that just like me, we are all giving to the church that disciples us. So this church can continue to disciple us and disciple others. And that leads us to the particular opportunity that we have this morning. Out of all that you give to people in need and to charity and to family and to missionaries, if you call Grace Bible Church home, our prayer is that you will feel a desire to participate with us in this Every Knee initiative. So so just to refresh, Every Knee, it's a two-year giving initiative so that we we are funding what Grace is going to do over the next two years to help more and more people find and follow Jesus. That's the goal behind this. We want to help this church take the next step. Why? Because this church has already taken an incredible number of steps forward over the last 50 years to help people find and follow Jesus. And and let me just remind you, some of you know this, some of you don't. What has God done through this church over the last 50 years? Here's a few of the things. This church started with just 10 families back in 1965. Now we number over 5,000 worshipers every Sunday. About half of those are college students, 2,500 college students who we train up and equip on a regular basis and then send out throughout the world. A lot of those college students graduate and then stay with us as fellows, getting training and equipping in ministry over a one to three year period. We've actually trained 161 fellows so far and sent them out into the world to impact the world for Jesus Christ. We have 160 long-term missionaries currently serving from Grace Bible Church, right now on the field from our church, reaching the nations with the gospel. They have planted over 1,500 churches around the world out of Grace Bible Church, planted throughout the world. 150 plus countries are downloading our sermons and participating with us on a regular basis, and over 134,000 people visited our website just last year. To hear what God is doing in our church. That's just a little of the impact that Grace Bible Church has had over the last 50 years. And I don't tell you that because it has something huge to do with me. This goes back way beyond me. 
The impact that this church has had is far bigger than any one person. It's the cumulative result of tens of thousands of people discovering grace, being transformed by grace, and then dedicating their lives to helping Grace Bible Church reach the nations. Literally tens of thousands of people have been involved in this. And so the reason I tell you all of this is that when Julie and I think about where are we going to give to make the biggest impact on eternity, we really believe you you can't do much better than Christ Bible Church. Again, not because of me, but because of what God has done over the last 50 years through this church to reach the nations. So what is every knee about? We believe that the next step God is calling us to take over the next couple years, we believe he wants us to continue to do what we're already doing, so funding the ongoing ministry of this church over the next couple years. We believe it's time to build a campus for Creekside. They, they cannot continue to meet long-term in an elementary school. They need a home, so we need to build them a campus. But we believe that Creekside is not the end. We need to then plant the fourth campus, so we're raising money to go ahead and plant the fourth local campus. And then we're also raising money to lay the groundwork for really a church planting movement here in the United States and around the world, raising up university family, grace-filled churches similar to what we have throughout the world. So that's what we believe God has called us to do. And that that vision of planting university family churches throughout the world was so compelling to us that many of us gathered a couple weeks ago in downtown Bryan at the Ice House to worship God together and to make our commitments early to the Lord. And so let me, let me show you some of the things that came out of that night. I think Grace is just headed in such an amazing direction. I think that this is such a testament that it starts with humility, it starts with our hearts, and that from there, God really can work with that well. Well, I need to be giving like a little part of this um, that my parents are giving me right now so that when I am making more money and doing it, it's going to be easier for me um, to give to the Lord. And it's been so cool to see the Lord stretch uh, what I thought was a really large amount into an even larger amount. Um, It's been cool to see the Lord uh, really stretch that in my heart and in the lives uh, of the people around me. And I'm really excited to see what he's going to continue to do through this. It's interesting for this to happen kind of in the beginning of our time here and to see um, just how we're going to play a part in the greater church of grace and in the greater body of Christ in College Station. Seeing that we have a goal really just pushes me forward and wanting to, in fact, reach every single person in our community. It's not my time. It's not my life. It's not mine to to choose and to to take, but it's mine to give. Um, It's not my resources. It's definitely the Lord's. Everything that I have has been a gift from Him, and so it's my duty to give it back. I think thinking through the past couple of years, um, Grace's heart for the world is really has been really inspiring, and um, I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited to see where the fourth plant might be, or and to see how God uses Creekside, and even what God does through the young adult ministry to reach every neighbor. We moved to College Station and, and started to attend uh, at Anderson for about six months, and then Southwood was open, and our entire home church moved to Southwood, and we saw how that church uh, filled up and grew over time, and and now how that's turned into Creekside. It's even more exciting to know that our church body has um, a, a vision to reach more people for the gospel, not just here in our community, but also around the world. Um, I think for me, one of the biggest things that the Lord has been teaching me um, through this and in general the past few months and weeks um, has been just about giving. Um, 
over the past few years, I'm in, I'm in college and I've worked a lot, um, but I still wore that mask of the broke college student that doesn't have any money. Um, but the reality is I, I have more than I need. God answered prayers um, that I, I feel like I didn't even deserve. I never even prayed big enough um, for the gifts that I received as a fellow. And so I think it was through witnessing people's generosity that I am now able to say, like, I have to give because people have given in the ministry that God has called me to through Grace Bible Church. And so now I'm in a place where um, I, I can't not give. Okay, if you guys will grab the envelopes that we put on your chairs, now is the opportunity for those of us who call Grace Bible Church home, this is our opportunity to make our commitments to the Lord. So there's a couple things in the envelope that I want to talk to you about, Um, a commitment card and a prayer card. Let me start with the commitment card. It's the larger one. Um, If you open that up, you'll notice there are some things to fill in in there. Let me tell you about a couple things here. When you look at at this card, um, there's only one box that that you have to fill in number-wise. It's the one that says our total two-year every knee commitment. All the other boxes are just tools for you if they're helpful for you. This is where you're writing down what you as an individual or as a family are committing to, to give to Grace Bible Church over the next two years. So it represents your total giving over the next couple years. Now, just as a reminder, this is not a pledge card or a contract. We will not come knock on your door. This is between you and God. I will never see these. The elders will never see these. Only our finance staff will. And just to add them all up so that they can tell the elders, hey, this is what would be wise in terms of how we move forward. So this is part of how you communicate to us. So what we're going to ask you to do over the next few minutes is to take some time to fill this out with your commitment. If you've already filled it out, then I just ask you to take that time that you're going to have in a few minutes to just pray over this and dedicate it to the Lord. Just ask him to use it to help more people find and follow Jesus. If you've not filled this out, then work on it individually. Or if if your spouse is here, work together on it. You can talk together about it as you fill this out. So please fill out this commitment card. There'll be an opportunity in a few minutes to turn it in. Once you've filled out the commitment card, we have a second card for you. It's this bookmark that says every knee. And really, this is about reminding us what the commitment card is about. This commitment card is not really about buildings or money. It's about helping people find and follow Jesus. And so on the back of the of this bookmark, we've given you a couple blanks to fill in. So you're making a commitment, not just financially, but for prayer. Over the next couple of years, we're asking you to write down or fill in the blanks. I am praying for this person to find and follow Jesus. And I am praying for this city and nation to find and follow Jesus. We'd, we'd like you to fill this out and then you're going to keep this bookmark. You're not going to turn it in. You're going to keep it as a reminder to yourself over the next two years. So the entire time that we're doing this Every Knee initiative, you're committing to pray regularly that this person in your life who doesn't yet know Jesus will come to find and follow him and that this city or nation you care about will experience a revival of Jesus Christ in their midst. So that's what you're committing to do. In a little bit, our Eddie Colson, one of our elders, will come up and give you more instructions. For now, just stay seated and take this time to fill out these cards. My name is Eddie Colson, one of the elders at Grace. We're going to spend the rest of our morning in worship together. And during our time of worship, 
When you're ready, I want to invite you to go to one of the stations here in the front or in the back to turn in your commitment cards. Remember, you turn in the, just turn in the commitment card, the prayer cards you keep as a reminder to pray for the person or persons in the nation or city that you've written down. After dropping off your commitment card, walk over to one of the every knee boards that you can see there in the front or in the back and write down the first name or initials of at least one part person God has laid on your heart to pray for or one person God has laid on your heart to pray for along with one city or nation to pray for. Then return to your seat and remain standing as we continue in worship. Please stand me stand and join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, you are worthy of all worship. May our sacrificial offerings bring joy to your heart and may they extend the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ to every one of our neighbors and every tribe, tongue, people and nation for your honor and glory. Amen. Remain standing as the Lord leads. Come up front or to the back. Let's worship together. We're so grateful to be able to share this morning with you. If for any reason you didn't turn your commitment card in, that's totally okay. You can turn it in on your way out this morning, or if you want more time to think and pray about it, you can turn it on anytime over the next few weeks. Just bring it to the office or turn it in after a Sunday morning. Or you can also do all of this online. If you go to everyknee.org, you can submit a commitment card that way if that's better for you. We are so grateful to have you all with us. Let me close us in prayer. Lord Jesus, it is in you alone that we cling for hope, for joy, and for salvation. You are worthy of everything that we have to give to you. And so, Lord Jesus, we lay these commitment cards and all of these names of people and places, we lay them all at your feet, and we give them to you. We dedicate our lives, our relationships, and our time to you, Jesus. We pray that you would use everything that we are and everything that we have to help more people find and follow you because that's ultimately all that matters. We pray, Lord Jesus, that your name would go forth from Grace Bible Church to the ends of the earth. We praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week.